Okay. Can you tell me your name? Melissa. And how old are you, Melissa? Five. You're five years old. All right, Melissa, can you tell me what is your favorite part of the day? Going to places. Going to places. That's a good one. You like to explore? Yeah. I love that. Well, thank you so much for answering my question. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> Bye. Bye. One, two. Let's sit down and talk about your story. I'll show you that you're far from boring. Life's a whole lot better when you share with someone that cares. This is Happy Talks. Hey, you guys. Welcome to Happy Talks. This is Aaron. This is Noah. And we are at Noah's house right now in his backyard. And it's really cool. We're under a, what is this, like a... Just some net lights thrown up on a... What did you call this thing? It's pretty and it feels great outside. So we're outside today. Um, but anyways, I met Noah through my church, Foundry, and he's on the worship team and he has really wonderful voice and he's very talented on the guitar as well. Um, and he's just a really cool guy and I've been meaning to get him on this for a while. So here we are. <laughs> but I'm going to let Noah just kind of dive in and tell his story, whatever he can remember. We'll kind of start in your childhood, if that works for you. Yeah, I mean, that'll work. Oh, goodness. Um, okay, well, we, you know, Hannah and I both were born in early years of childhood in Meridian. Mm -hmm. um, you know, growing up there, going to a few different schools, uh, you know. Growing up in the church already, um, moved to Madison, well, moved to Jackson area mm -hmm. a few months before I turned 10, I guess. Hmm. Uh, and we were here for, you know, like six months just staying in the Jackson area before we found the house here, moved to Madison. Um, so whenever school started for us after moving, it was uh, at Madison Ridgeland. Yeah. Uh, you know, did a couple of years. I did a couple of years there, hmm. and then Hannah went on to prep. I did a year at Madison Middle, and then I went to prep, and then just from that point on, we were just there, mm -hmm. living in that world. So okay, uh, but yeah. So is Hannah your only sibling? Yes. Okay. Yeah, Hannah is my older sister. Mm -hmm. And I met both your parents. I'm assuming they are together still yes yeah. <laughs> so in the same building but you know <laughs> huh. well no. good i'm glad that mm, that's no, but, intact yeah, so <laughs> you know childhood is basically just bitter meridian a bit of madison <laughs> yeah. any any significant like memories from your childhood or like not significant in a big way just like any memorable moments from your childhood yeah well i mean there's lots of stuff it's just um you know it's weird because we were going to like private schools mm -hmm. in Meridian, but like small Christian ones, and they kept closing. <laughs> so you'd go to a school for a year or two, and it would close. And then you'd go to another one, <laughs> but it's all the same friends you had because they had to move as the school closed too. Oh my goodness! So you'd stay with the same people. You just kept moving schools. But then, <laughs> you know, we lived out kind of. We didn't live in a neighborhood. We lived kind of out in the woods and everything. So. Mm -hmm. It would be school and then either the house or it would be, you know, at our parents' business. Mm -hmm. Most of the time it would be at our parents' business for a few hours and doing homework, trying to keep ourselves entertained until we went home. Mm -hmm. But then, you know, 
So that was just kind of the day-to-day stuff. Some memories in that, the great, the great memories are always in the summers and the holidays. And uh, my mom's parents, those, those were our grandparents. Um, mm-hmm. They lived in Philadelphia, Mississippi, okay. not Pennsylvania. <laughs> and so we would go stay with them a lot in summers and on holidays and things. like. And, you know, they live out like properly out in the country. And so summer suddenly became staying with them, running around in the woods, shoes optional kind mm-hmm. of thing. Yeah. Um, country summers are the best. Yeah. I know from experience. Yeah. So no, uh, memories just became, you know, riding bikes around down gravel roads, exploring through the woods, building tree houses, mm. uh, you know, go there. There was a canal that ran through the woods. We'd go down there, run around in the water, fish some, <laughs> you know, so there's just the little, and the benefit of that too, was that our first cousins on mm-hmm. that side lived just down on that same road. for a good number of years so the summer would just be you know wake up have breakfast spend the day with cousins and grandfather and just (laughs) you know do whatever running around in the woods he had a big workshop you know down the hill from the house Mm -hmm. so just memories of you know just playing you know woods building something there was always projects Mm -hmm. uh, and then he always had a regimented kind of schedule during the day too there was always like okay here's the lunch and then we're gonna have time where we just sit and talk about things <laughs> and then at some point it's gonna be quiet and we're gonna take a nap <laughs> uh, we've got this plane going overhead here <laughs> oops <laughs> we, we are about three minutes from an airport so ah. uh no but so the little memories you know it's nothing like these huge iconic moments it's just little memories of hey that was the time we you know, went and found all these rocks and stuffed them in our overalls and carried them down to the canal for some reason. Or that was the day we were in the treehouse and there was a corn snake, you know, just mm-hmm. random little things like that. So it's nothing that's like, a, oh, that was the one moment that defined you. Right. Except for like one thing. Um, I'll just, as advice for anyone who may be listening, <laughs> if you're a young child and your bicycle, uh, uses pedaling backwards as brakes mm-hmm. meaning the rear wheel just stops <laughs> don't ride it down a hill in the woods covered in leaves mm. because you will hit the brakes it will continue on and you will run into a tree with your face <gasps> no yes Ow. so when you talk about like oh any uh, defining memories <laughs> that one. <laughs> oh my goodness in, in, in an area full of great moments <laughs> that one has been more defining than I could have ever realized because of a head trauma. Oh, yeah. Traumatic memories stick with you the longest. You oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, my goodness. So you always had, like, really fun, like, family get-togethers? Oh, yeah, just running around with cousins, and then, you know, that's where we'd go for Christmas and stuff. Mm-hmm. Well, because um, we never knew our grandfather on our dad's side. Mm-hmm. He, you know, he died when my dad was still, you know, really young. Oh, um, wow. Yeah, I think he was 17 his mm-hmm. dad died. And then our, his mom, our grandmother on that mm-hmm. side, died when we were both still pretty young. Yeah. I think it was four, five, something like that. Mm-hmm. And so it wasn't like, oh, we had these, we had grandparents. It was just we had Mama and Papa. <laughs> but all our cousins were just up the road, too. So that's where we would spend all kinds of time. Mm-hmm. So. That's awesome. You know, that was the early childhood, <laughs> you know. So, and like I say, um, in Meridian, it was... You know, once you were done with school, it would be at the business and at the house. Not mm-hmm. really, 
seeing people much. Yeah. Uh, there's, you know, you'd see people Sunday and Wednesday evenings, you know, at church. Yeah. Um, yeah, I was about to ask, like, once you got older and got into high school, yeah. like, did you still get to see them as much? Or well, this, is, uh, this is the thing is, once we moved here, it was different because suddenly we're living in a neighborhood and we've got a much larger class size. Because in Meridian, at one point, we were at school and like, oh, how big is your class? Seven people. You know, <laughs> that, that sort of thing. Right. To go to here and, oh, there's a hundred people in your class. Mm-hmm. And then, which isn't huge, but it's the <laughs> biggest thing we ever heard of. Mm-hmm. Uh, we get to... You know, we go to get in the Madison and the Jackson area and suddenly you have a friend base and Mm -hmm. ones that you see outside of school. Yeah. And you're not just stuck at the business. You're doing extracurriculars and things. Right. It's a whole different Mm -hmm. ballgame. But still seeing our family a pretty good bit. But of course, as they were getting older, our cousins were getting older. um, You know, they were developing their own lives, too. But Mm -hmm. we would still see them on holidays, you know. We'd always go over to their house, uh, grandparents' house, around Thanksgiving and do a Thanksgiving thing there. Yeah. Or on at least on Christmas and then either Thanksgiving or Christmas, depending on which one it would be. All the cousins would at some point be having, you know, a touch football game out in the yard. So mm-hmm. just, you know, it's, it's weird how nice it is just to have ready access to family and land. Mm-hmm. But you get a lot of good memories out of it. Yeah. Um, you know, and it's something that we never considered special or unique. It's mm-hmm. just, oh, everyone's got someone who lives in the country. Right. <laughs> but, uh, you know, you, you see so many people who never have that. You yeah. Know, they're just, where they're always in the subdivision or in the city proper, you mm-hmm. know, where they live. And, yeah. Um, so, <laughs> formative years going from, you know, kind of small town mainly just spending it with family then get into middle school and high school and suddenly having a much larger social group but that was an adjustment for sure mm-hmm. yeah hannah took well to it i struggled with it mm-hmm. it yeah. was a rough change for me for years yeah that i'm sure can be delved into so well yeah do it yeah. can oh. you can talk about it a little bit more oh yeah well uh you know going from a smaller town where you're really just after school's over hanging out with just your sibling Mm -hmm. and your parents business and then at your house with just your family Mm -hmm. you don't get a lot of social skill development out of that (laughs) and you're still part of a small world you know Mm -hmm. and it's so at no point are you challenged with anything as far as meeting new people or being exposed to any kind of new thing yeah and so we moved to jackson and we're at mra and suddenly it's you know, Madison private school and that's mm-hmm. its own world. Yeah. And, you know, Hannah made friends and was doing her own thing. I made friends, but then that was also the first time I ever saw bullying. Mm-hmm. That was the first time I ever even had known that was a thing. Wow. And that in my, you know, first exposure to it was the receiving end of it. Oh wow. And it was it was a bad couple of years there, you know? Mm-hmm. I mean, I had friends, but also I was just miserable mm-hmm. every day, basically, yeah. you know, faking sick to get out of school kind of thing, just yeah. not enjoying it at all. How'd you get through it? I don't know. I mean, gritting your teeth, really. Yeah. I mean, it was two years and I mentioned, you know, running into a tree with my face and that mm-hmm. is something that I have realized more in recent years than anything is like oh no when you have a bru- entirely bruised face for weeks mm. that's a 
probably a more serious injury than you realize. And I have realized more now that that definitely affected just my cognitive ability just because mm-hmm. I couldn't really think that straight. Just, just brain fog. Yeah. Brain fog. And it may not have been as bad had it not also been, oh, bullying is now part of the picture. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know, just a rough couple of years there. And things were getting very, very bad. And then I went to Madison Middle. Mm-hmm. And it's weird to say, but it is Madison. It's not like, <laughs> you know, it's not a normal thing. But yeah. going to public school somehow was an improvement. <laughs> and it was a much better world. But then going to Madison was shifting from a class size of 100, you know, and all interconnected Madison families who knew each other and all probably pretty well off to begin with and you know that sort of thing suddenly a class size of hundreds Mm. and it's sort of like hey it's now such a large class size you can just kind of fade and find your group Mm -hmm. and so that was seventh grade for me was going to madison middle Mm. and you know picked up an instrument and started band class found a group of friends there Mm -hmm. actually enjoyed my time there that year what instrument did you pick up uh trombone Oh, nice. Yep. I played trumpet. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, well, they, I mean, before the school year starts, they'll let you come in, you meet with the little band teacher or whatever, mm-hmm. and they say, here's all the things, and they let you try stuff. <laughs> and I tried a few different things, realized I can't play any kind of woodwind. <laughs> Same. Because <laughs> reeds are magical, and I don't know how they work. But, you know, brass I could do, and mm-hmm. for some reason I settled on the trombone. After I had picked that and locked that in, my mom was like, oh, yeah, I played trombone in high school. Hmm. I was like, huh, odd. <laughs> cool. Yeah, weird. <laughs> weird that that would happen. But no, so that was just a weird year. I mm-hmm. mean, fun year, though. Yeah. Because it was a breath of fresh air mm-hmm. all of a sudden. And now instead of be having miserable short little car rides to a school that I didn't want to go to, yeah. even though I had good friends there, I had some great friends there. Just. Right. And you're still in, in contact with? I kind of am. Just because of the world, the Madison area, Jackson area, Jackson Metro, the whole thing. Just, you know, some of them you end up being in the same church with or you mm-hmm. end up seeing at college. And, you know, yeah. some people I'll still see around town. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it is what it is. Right. But one of them I actually just ran into randomly when I was in Texas. Uh, <laughs> wow. But, you know, smaller world. Than you think, but right. no. So Madison Middle was a fun year right? mm-hmm. to go from that to suddenly, you know, having a hobby, mm-hmm. an interest in music. You know, we and we had taken piano lessons when we were young, but I didn't really, in, you know, stick with that. And mm-hmm. we had done some choir stuff when we were real little. But you grow up in a church, you're gonna do choir stuff. Um, yeah. And so suddenly, I had. A hobby that exposed me to music and started down that path and I had some friends at school and I was exposed to far more variety of people than I had ever seen mm-hmm. uh, and I was riding the bus yeah and that was a classroom as well honestly you ride <laughs> yeah. a lot on a uh, bus mm-hmm. you know it's even if it is medicine it is still a public school <laughs> bus and you yep. learn lessons starting on day one like just because you have an early stop on the route doesn't mean you get to sit at the back that is for the upperclassmen of eighth grade <laughs> no, oh, uh, you know fun, fun times though mm-hmm. you know a little bit of freedom a little bit of fun um 
starting to develop friends. And then I had met that same year by virtue of having to wait at the bus stop. Mm-hmm. I met the kids that lived in the neighborhood and in mm-hmm. the area. Yeah. And then had actual friends around the neighborhood that I could hang out with after school. Yeah. And, you know, do whatever, you know, go shoot each other with airsoft guns, <laughs> uh, throw pine cones at each other. Uh-huh. Just, you know, normal, normal things, normal, right. healthy, safe things. Um, <laughs> huh. You know, climb trees and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Uh, so just started having fun that year. And that was the best, you know, that was the best therapy after the couple of years of being miserable. Yeah. You know? That's good. And then went from there to prep. Mm-hmm which was another huge change. Mm. Good change? It ended up being a good change. Another rough year or two Mm. trying to readjust to that world Mm -hmm. because I don't want to sound arrogant. (laughs) Hannah and I are intelligent people. (laughs) And Um. going through the little schools in Meridian and then even at MRA in Madison, it's like never really that much of a challenge Mm -hmm. and then to suddenly go one just because you're going into eighth grade and suddenly the expectations kick up anyway but then you're talking about you know and there are lots of private schools great schools around town but prep Mm -hmm. is you know actual like proper college prep coursework Mm -hmm. type of thing right so getting thrown into that and being properly tested all of a sudden just the demand that was a new experience and I had to learn how to actually apply myself mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, and then, but then the new social group kind of thing, trying to find a friend group there. And by this point, having moved schools enough, moved houses and neighborhoods enough, I got good at making, you know, kind of polite friendships with people <laughs> in classrooms mm-hmm. You know, just enough to have someone to sit with at lunch. Right. But then, you know, anyone you saw after school, it's just because of, you know, the virtue of whatever extracurricular you were in. Mm -hmm. But it wasn't like a true, strong, hard and fast friendships with anyone. Mm -hmm. So it took a good few years still to really get to that point where, okay, I have true friends. Yeah. And it ended up being junior and really senior year of high school before I had a few truly close friends like spending every chance I can outside of school with them at someone's house just hanging out running you know right so um no but it didn't being there ended up being a great place just because of you know what it ended up doing uh, Mm -hmm. which was you know academically pushing people uh you know exposing people to an art of some kind I mean you just that's where you really to develop your interests and that's a school where it's supported mm-hmm. so you know kept doing band after I went there playing trombone and then you know started learning baritone and all kind mm-hmm. of stuff it was on the drum line yeah I mean small band there so mm-hmm. you become kind of multifaceted there to make that work mm-hmm. that was weird too because the band directors kept changing every year so it was uh, different shows every year Mm -hmm. but yeah first year there I had to learn how to march that was that was a fun time marching Mm -hmm. out in those summers yeah I was at a band before marching became a thing (laughs) we we did that for a few years but then my 10th grade year the band was so small we couldn't put on a marching show Mm -hmm. and the guy they had hired to be the band director was very open-minded and forward-thinking as far as what we could do. <laughs> so we just did a sideline show, 
And rather than playing the normal type of music that you would play in a marching show, which is ends up just being like 70s music, oh, you know, no. with brass section stuff, <laughs> we did killer's music. <laughs> oh, goodness. And he, and he had brought in other guys at the school who were electric guitar players. <laughs> which you know some parents are like well, you know heresy this is a band <laughs> this is a band class why would you bring in guitar players but it's like listen it improves the band and it's students with a musical interest who otherwise would not have been supported and actually mm -hmm. taught music yeah. because we went from just hey learn these marching pieces and we're going to practice that a lot to this guy was like all right we're going to do fun music that you're interested in mm -hmm. and i'm actually going to teach you music theory <laughs> you know as well so right. suddenly Fall, you know, football season, we were doing sideline shows with Killers music, and then our spring concert was like jazz and funk music, yeah. and he taught us how to improvise, so we like did solos. And wow. So as a musical year, that was great. Yeah. I know some parents <laughs> didn't like that it wasn't the basic, you know, marching band type mm -hmm. stuff, but for the students, it was a lot of fun. Wow. No, but uh, so just random stuff like that along the way. Yeah. And then, before my junior year, the summer before my junior year, my 10th grade year mm -hmm. was the first year that the school offered a show choir. Hmm. I was like, oh, that's kind of interesting, whatever, you know? Yeah. And then I was informed the summer before my junior year, I was informed, mind you, <laughs> that I was going to be in show choir. <laughs> I said, no, I didn't sign up for that. They said, oh, it doesn't matter. You're doing it. <laughs> Oh my goodness. And so um, I hated that idea. Mm. I did not want to do that at all. <laughs> but Southern Miss was putting on a Southern show choir experience <laughs> during the summer where you would go with people you knew from your school or whatever, mm -hmm. and you know, high schools all around, go there for a week, and they put you in large groups and you just workshop it and you know quickly put on a little show. Right. And I had not really sang or danced at all hmm. and was thrown into that. And at the end of that week, I was like, this is a lot of fun. Yeah. This is great. <laughs> so suddenly I was in show choir, <laughs> of all things. Um, wow. And that didn't In Southern up. Miss, did you go to college there? No, no, no. Well, that the, was just a that, show that they, they hosted that over the summer. This was okay. still in high school. Right. Um, that's what I thought. I just yeah, making no, sure. Yeah, no, but uh, so in one in one week's time, I went from like, oh, this is going to be ridiculous and I'm going to hate it and I'm going to get laughed at to, I'm going to get laughed at, but it's fun. Yeah. Um, <laughs> nah, but they had a really strong program at the school and then I made great friends out of that too. Hmm. So, you know, um, I don't know, but then that got, it, that got me into the actual singing of things. Mm -hmm. uh, so... You know, and that, and that has stuck with me longer than, you know, like if I had just stayed in band, I would have mm -hmm. played trombone and some other things for a while. And I kind of was playing guitar some, but not really. Mm -hmm. Just suddenly I was singing. Yeah. And that I have carried on doing. <laughs> and that also is what got me more interested in guitar because then I could like play things to sing to. Right. Um, so just ra random little things that happen where your parents are like, hey, no, you're going to try this, you're going to do this, you're going to do that. And you're like, no, I don't want to, I don't want to. Mm -hmm. But along the way, you pick up those hobbies that stick with you. Mm -hmm. I don't want to say they define you because you're more than the sum of your parts. No, but, but you, music, you appreciate it. Yeah, but music is a huge <laughs> thing for me, even mm -hmm. still. Yeah. And I certainly don't get to 
put as much into it as I used to, but I don't have as much free time as I used to, you know? Right. I used to just sit down and explore random genres and find all kind of new artists. Mm-hmm. Now I'll occasionally stumble across something. Yeah. Whenever they get an NPR tiny desk. Right. Yeah. <laughs> did uh, you did you end up going to college or? Did... Yeah. Uh, okay. No, well, um, went to Ole Miss. Okay. And, you know, we... Hannah was a year ahead of me in school. Mm-hmm. And so when she started doing trips all around to look at colleges, mm-hmm. I went on ahead with them. Mm-hmm. Just got a jump start on that. So even like in 10th and 11th grade, I was already on trips looking at schools, but then right. more for her, but I was kind of paying attention. Mm-hmm. I don't really paying attention. <laughs> um, but you know, started thinking about it in 11th grade and you know went around to look at all sorts of schools, you know. Wasn't really thinking about Ole Miss at all. Mm-hmm. State was kind of an option because I was pretty sure I was gonna do engineering. Yeah. My mom's dad, you know, our papa was an engineer. My yeah. dad is an engineer <laughs> and grew up, and like I said, in the summers doing all kind of projects with my grandfather. Then anytime we had to do something around the house, we would do it. You know, me and my dad, we built the sunroom, we built the back porch, we did, I mean, all kind of stuff. So yeah. at a certain point, I was like, well, I'm good at math and engineering makes sense. <laughs> I think I would like that well enough. I'll probably do engineering in school. So I was looking at places for that, yeah. places that are traditionally thought of as, you know, they have an engineering program. So it was like Mississippi State and yeah. Alabama and, you know, and then some further stuff like um, Tulsa. You know, which would be more oil and gas type of stuff. But still, we went out and looked at it. Mm -hmm. And then before my senior year of high school, to go ahead and get some college credit, I did the Summer College for High School Students program at Ole Miss. Hmm. And I don't know if you have high school listeners, but if you do, (laughs) I recommend it. It's a great time. (laughs) You go there for like, you know, six or eight weeks and you just do classes and it's a great great exposure to some of the freedom you can end up with but Mm. being there meeting some people actually getting to live on the campus for a while but also finding about about a new program they had going on Mm. at Ole Miss called the Center for Manufacturing Excellence (laughs) and what that effectively was was hey guys it's this new idea we have where we're going to take engineering majors and business majors and accounting majors put them all together under one roof, give you a factory floor, and you're gonna take your normal course work, plus, you know, whatever your major is, you're gonna take that work, plus classes is some of the other two areas. Mm-hmm. So that you actually are getting better educated for a manufacturing industry. Wow. Not just, hey, you have an engineering degree or you have an accounting degree, but it's, hey, well, you have all that, plus. You know how to use it. <laughs> well, yeah, that plus you've got some practical hands-on application because mm-hmm. you've got some theory of manufacturing. You have extra labs where you actually go to factories in the state and yeah. do work there. Um, so that to me, I was like, this is a really good idea. I know I like, you know, the campus and everything at Ole Miss. Yeah. I have now met some people who I know are going to be here. <laughs> um, so suddenly... I went from looking at, you know, these are just looking at schools that were known for their engineering programs Mm -hmm. to going to Ole Miss, which is not a school you think of when you think about engineering, but it was great. It was awesome. (laughs) Um, But yeah, no, went there, studied engineering, um, 
you know, stuck with the plan. <laughs> plan worked out. You know, worked and then worked every summer. Mm-hmm. You know, in between um, some factory or another. Yeah. Just trying to get some work history and some money. Right. Uh, and then, you know, somewhere along the way, law school was in the back of my mind as a <laughs> possibility. Mm. Which started out more as a joke than anything, because Hannah and I used to fight a lot when we were young, <laughs> and people then would like tell us, "Oh, you sure can't argue." Yeah, I was like, "Hey, people get paid money to argue." <laughs> no, but um, kept that in the back of my mind going through college, and then junior and senior year, thinking about, "Hey, well, you know, if you do engineering and then go to law school, you can do patent law." <laughs> So I said, okay, well, what I'll do is my senior year, you know, first couple semesters, I'll take the LSAT. I'll just see how that goes. And then based on that, you know, I'll apply to some law schools mm-hmm. uh, or not. Yeah. Took the LSAT. I actually took the LSAT on my 21st birthday. Oh, look at that. That was a <laughs> interesting way to celebrate that. Um, LSAT that morning, college football game that afternoon. So, weird day. Real weird day. Uh, No, but did well in the test, applied to some schools. Um, You know, as I'm heading towards graduation, looking at a few different law schools, thinking, and I already at that point pretty well decided I'm going to do this. Mm -hmm. Um, Had applied to, been accepted to, and, you know, gotten some financial aid offers to a few places. Mm Mm-hmm. But, and I, I, you know, at that point I was thinking, I'll just stay at Ole Miss, go to Ole Miss Law School. Hmm. And so I I was looking at schools, you know, and you got to pay for every application you send in. And that was the first whiff I got of that world where it's all just, oh, you got to pay money to do every little thing. Yeah. Um, But I was looking at the list of schools to apply to. And this was like the last day, or the, maybe the day before the deadline. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's like, hey, this is literally, I've applied to everywhere I'm going to. I'm just looking at the list of schools just to do a final check. And as I'm going down the list, I see Texas A&M. Hmm. I said, I didn't know they had a law school. I, I don't think I saw them before on the list. Hmm. But... Just out of curiosity, I checked on the next because I said, you know, I'm sure Texas A&M doesn't have a law school because I never heard of it. Right. And truth be told, they hadn't really. But for a couple of years, <laughs> they bought a law school from Texas Wesleyan and now it's Texas A&M. But okay. so uh, as I was reading up on it, I saw, yeah, we've got this law school, but we have this one specialized program for intellectual property, include, which is patent law falls under. And since I was already thinking about patent law, and then I see, hey, this is a school out in Texas. And I, at this point, I was already like, I want to get to Texas someday. Right. <laughs> and I see that Texas A&M has this intellectual property concentration. So like, hey, you know, we're pretty we're pretty decent school just generally. Mm-hmm. But our intellectual property program is one of the best in the country. Yeah. I was like, you can get a concentration. There's a program specifically dedicated to this one interest area I have. This sounds familiar. Center for Manufacturing Excellence. <laughs> so it just seemed, you know, like some kind of sign or whatever. So I applied to it. And as I'm getting those letters in, the acceptance letters and the, you know, financial aid offers, 
you know, I got some that seemed really good because like it's one from Baylor and they're like, hey, $60,000. I'm like, that's a lot. But then they're like, it's over three years. Mm. How much is tuition at Baylor? Mm. Oh, it's not really that much. Yeah. Uh, you get a get an offer from Ole Miss and it's good. Mm-hmm. But it's less than I was expecting. Right. Because I was already an Ole Miss student and I had an engine. I was going to have an engineering degree, which is a <laughs> kind of a rare thing among your typical law school right. applicants so I just thought that is less than I would have expected yeah and then I get the letter from, a- from A&M and because A&M had just bought the school a couple of years before they were really really making a full effort to quickly develop the school bring it up to their expectations of excellence and that includes you know staff and faculty and students mm-hmm. and they were dumping money into it and they made, I learned later, they made lots of students very nice offers. And I happened to be offered a full tuition waiver. Wow. So, I, you know, I was still to pay living expenses wherever mm-hmm. I was. There's no dorms. Right. But um, a tuition waiver, mm-hmm. a, a full tuition waiver. I was like, okay, this is definitely now a sign. This seems like it's part of God's plan. Mm-hmm. Because how can it not be? Everything is just falling into place mm. for me to go out there and do what I want to do. Right. And so I went to Texas, <laughs> uh, you know, graduated with an engineering degree, went out to law school. That's a weird change again, because you have to completely change your way of thinking and then learn that your way of thinking wasn't terribly far off, uh, you know. Mm-hmm. The difference is just that in, you know, in college, everything was math mm-hmm. and there was one correct answer. Right. And suddenly you're studying the law and the answer to every question begins with it depends. <laughs> uh, you know, and there's not necessarily just one correct answer. I mean, there's a more correct answer and right. a less correct answer. But mm-hmm. that gray area, man. <laughs> Ugh, I was uncomfortable, <laughs> but eventually found my footing. And when I started taking the classes that were specifically about intellectual property, really loved it. Was mm. doing well. Patents, trademarks, copyrights, it's all real cool stuff. Yeah. Make it through law school. First year was rough for sure. Mm-hmm. Grades weren't what I needed them to be. Mm-hmm. Did better after that, though. Second year and third year were fine. <laughs> you know, pretty good, actually. Um, but then struggled mm-hmm. after that. Be- right as I was graduating from law school, mm-hmm. I started just, you know, it was time to study for the bar exam. Mm-hmm. Um, and I couldn't make myself do it. Mm-hmm. Struggling every time I would try to study, I just could not make myself focus on it. Didn't want to do it at all. I thought it was just burned out. Eventually, after struggling for like a month to try and study and getting nowhere, I told my parents, I was like, listen, I think I'm just miserable. I think it burned out. Mm. I already kind of had a job lined up with a guy around the Fort Worth area um, to work in a small, small little patent place. Right. Which is what I wanted because I didn't want to go somewhere and work 80 hours a week. Because mm. uh, you hear about people making big money in law firms, but they are not making any more per hour than some of the smaller firm guys. Mm-hmm. They make more, but they don't make more per hour necessarily. So right. I was like, listen, I don't want to go and work 80 hour weeks and hate everything and everyone. <laughs> I want to work somewhere where I can still leave 
And if it's the summer, there's daylight, you know? <laughs> right. So I, kind of, I found a place where I could do that. And I went and I spoke to the guy and I said, hey, I'm thinking I might like to just have a little rest. You know, not take it this summer. Mm -hmm. I would take it the next available one, which would be you know, the coming February. Mm -hmm. Would that be okay? Would I still be able to work with you? And he said, yeah, that'd be okay. You can still work under me. Uh, you know, it's just... I'll be checking everything, which I'd be doing anyway, so that'll be okay. Mm -hmm. I said, all right, I'm not going to take it this summer. I'm going to withdraw from that, and then I'm going to study, you know, through that kind of fall time yeah. into the winter. So I had a nice little summer after that. I had some time to just relax. We did a trip up to Colorado. That was a lot of fun. <laughs> and then got back, started working, and then it was like, okay, now it's time to study. Yeah. Still couldn't make myself do it. Mm -hmm. Still really couldn't make myself do it. And they got to the point of Christmas. Mm -hmm. And it was like, okay, Christmas break now. I have got to seriously buckle down and commit to it and make time for it and study real hard the next two months. And then I'll take it and it'll be done. Mm -hmm. And instead, what happened was I had a panic attack. Mm. Like, you know, the day before Christmas or the day after Christmas. Yeah. Uh, you know, about it. And even though I still had intended to study whatever, that kicked off a time where I just had massive, massive anxiety, just constantly, like waking up in the mornings and just curling up on the floor, mm. trying to make yourself get ready for the day. Yeah. Type of anxiety. Mm -hmm. And couldn't, couldn't really study well. Yeah. You know? took the test knowing at this point that I'm not going to pass just to do it. Right. Just to get one done. But then for, you know, the next year or so, really, it just got worse from there, actually. Mm -hmm. You know, I, 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 I dealt with stress before. Mm -hmm. And I dealt with some anxiety before. Yeah. And I had a few times in my life panic attacks. But yeah. times when it made sense to have, some, you know, to that to happen right suddenly I was panicky and anxiety and just truly paralyzed by anxiety pretty yeah. regularly mm -hmm. like just all day trying to go in and work trying to do anything right and just surviving mm -hmm. and not having a good time of it yeah uh you know and at that point, I was just far from everything. Mm -hmm. I kind of stopped going to church when I was an undergrad. You know, I'd go every now and again. Anytime I was home, I'd go. But I, I didn't find a place in Oxford. Mm -hmm. And I didn't really find any kind of consistent place in Fort Worth. I went, you know, two or three times in the, over the course of three years. Yeah. So at this point, I was far from family. I was far from God. And you know, the friends that I had had while I was in school had moved back to their own hometowns. Mm. So I was living in an apartment by myself. Yeah. I was working in a small little office where I didn't really see anyone. Mm -hmm. And then I would go home and I was just alone and miserable and stuck in it with not really seeing a way out. Right. Because a way out would mean either overcoming all that anxiety mm -hmm. or it would mean kind of admitting a level of defeat and moving home. Yeah. And I didn't want to do that. I just did not want to do that. Mm -hmm. But things just got worse. Right. You know? And I finally got to a point where it was realizing, okay, something's got to change. 
And even if it seems like a defeat, I've got to do. And I, didn't, I still didn't want to move home, but I kind of had to because I, I was working less and less because I just couldn't make myself do it. Yeah. I wasn't studying because I couldn't make myself do it. I was just wasting time, right, and not enjoying any of it. So, I mean, truly just a waste of a few years, nothing accomplished, nothing gained. Finally, it was like, okay, I want to, if nothing else, get back to Mississippi just to live near family. Because even though I didn't know my grandparents on my dad's side growing up, tons of cousins and aunts and uncles that we saw holidays and summers and all kinds of stuff. So on my dad's and mom's side, just seeing family all the time knowing and loving them all mm-hmm. and you know go spend you know three or four days at cabins at this lake with this group and then go have a christmas with this group you know so just mm-hmm. growing having grown up regularly exposed to an extended family and then suddenly being out there truly just isolated and alone for a few years and miserable yeah finally was saying okay if nothing else i want to move back just to be near them for a while because now I've got some aunts and uncles who are getting old and may not be with us much longer. I want to go. I want to be with family. Right. So I said, okay, well, I can't work any kind of law job there. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I'd want to anyway. Good old engineering is always an option, though. <laughs> yeah. And even though I knew when I was going through Ole Miss and A&M that, hey, engineering's always a solid fallback. I never expected to use that. <laughs> but I said, okay, well, I'll look for engineering jobs. Mm-hmm. And I have a buddy who works for an aerospace company. I just casually asked him, well, what I started looking for was just an engineering job in Fort Worth. Right. I said, okay, I just got to find a job for one thing. I got to find a job. If, and I, was think, I was still thinking if I can find a, job, a full-time job out here, I can stay, I can study. But, you know, also looked at stuff in Mississippi, mm-hmm. still hadn't really admitted that I was going to move back thinking that there were benefits to it, but also just not wanting to admit defeat. I just felt like admitting defeat. Mm -hmm. Um, But I happened to ask my buddies, like, hey, I don't guess you guys happen to be looking for any kind of engineers, not expecting anything. He said, actually, yeah, we've got an engineering position. Send me your resume. (laughs) Sent that to him. And they liked it. So they gave me a call with a little phone interview. That went well. They said, hey, we'd like to invite you to come out to the you know, plant here and actually meet me in person, do a real interview. Mm-hmm. So I came back, you know, saw some family while I was here and went and did that interview. Yeah. But this would not have been around Jackson area. This would have been just in Mississippi, still close to some family that I have, mm-hmm. but still would have been on my own, do my own thing. Right. And interviewed and it all went really well. Mm-hmm. And so then went back to Fort Worth, now thinking, okay, well, if that all goes well, I'll be moving back, but I'll be living in a town with some good friends that I have. Mm -hmm. I'll be near family again. It's a good job. It's good pay, good benefits, all that kind of thing. And he's basically letting me know, hey, uh, expect, you know, to get an offer at some point. You know, it'll, it'll be a few weeks, but expect an offer. Things kind of got delayed a little bit due to, I don't want to go into too much detail, but due to the way that company is organized with some of its international company, you know, umbrella company type Mm -hmm. ownership stuff. Anyway, just things were taking longer than expected, but all still on track. Right. 
expecting to move back. Now this is in, I was, I did that in-person interview in February mm-hmm. of 2020. Yeah. <laughs> and so I'm waiting on an offer. We're getting into March here, but still expecting and like getting to a point of, Hey, probably next week, this is going to get taken care of. And we're going to be able to give you an offer. Yeah. And we had heard about COVID at this point, but COVID was just one of those diseases they have in those foreign countries. Right. You know, <laughs> you hear about all the time. There's an illness and it's, uh, it's in China or it's in Africa or it's in mm-hmm. Japan or it's somewhere. Yeah. But it, of course it wouldn't make its way here. And if it did, it wouldn't be a problem because yeah. this is America. We don't. <laughs> and, you know, like a couple weeks before I'm expecting to really have that offer, people freak out lockdowns get announced mm. and suddenly I'm in Fort Worth now I've told my apartments that I'm leaving my lease is ending in you know like mid-May yeah and the company goes on a hiring freeze mm. and so it's okay well we're still you know everyone's still expecting a few weeks before the sale gets wrapped up because that's what it was a few weeks to flatten the curve mm-hmm. and then we'll have it licked you know yeah um, so I'm just hanging out in Fort Worth. You know, Mama has a practice here, mm-hmm. and she had kind of connected with and made friends with some people who have a practice out in the Dallas-Fort Worth area. Mm-hmm. And so I went out, met them, and just went and went ahead and just got some, you know, kind of physical therapy type stuff done. Yeah, and some, you know, brain mapping stuff done, which is real interesting and would take a whole other podcast to go into. <laughs> um, you know, but just kind of, you know, spent time out there, killing time until it's time to move back. Move back here eventually. Still kind of waiting to hear back from that job. Mm-hmm. And wasn't hearing back from that job. Yeah. In my interviewing, when I was here in that February, I had also interviewed for a job as an environmental engineer at the health department. Yeah. And so that June, Mm -hmm. I think it was early June, I got a phone call and I, I mean, it had been months at this point. So I thought, okay, they found somebody, they went with someone else. Mm -hmm. I got a phone call and they said, hey, you know, if you're still interested, we'd like to offer you the position. And I thought, okay, well, yeah, I'll take that because it's a paycheck. Yeah. I need to, you know, I need money to start paying off some debts kind of thing. Expecting, you know, maybe I'll work there a few months and then I'll leave because whenever this aerospace gig gets lined up. Mm-hmm. But that summer, uh, Hannah said, hey, you know, you want to come to Foundry with me? And I had been to Foundry a few times, mm-hmm. like, once or twice, really, just when I would have been in town visiting. Yeah. yeah. You hadn't you hadn't moved back at this point yet, though. No, I moved back in May. So okay. I went to Foundry a couple times, once or twice before I moved, mm-hmm. just when I was here visiting. Uh, you know, I think I met Cody when I was here. Again, it would have been pre-lockdown, so that maybe have been in that February. I would have gone with her and maybe met him then. Okay. Um, well, maybe it would have been after I moved back. I don't. I don't know. <laughs> it's okay. Anyway, I think I'd been to Foundry maybe once before, mm-hmm. but I moved back. Foundry weren't meeting in person. Um, you know, just. Yeah. Doing projects around here, mm-hmm. building things, trying to get things straightened up. Uh, got the job lined up, 
and then sound restarts back meeting in person and I'm there and I get kind of exposed to that world mm-hmm. and then you know met Cody and then at some point he approaches me and I after I'd been going for a couple weeks really just been attending you know two or three times mm-hmm. and uh I don't know if small groups had started back yet. I don't think they had started back yet. I don't know. And, but he approaches me and he says, hey, I heard you can sing and play guitar. <laughs> at the same time. <laughs> so yes, I have been known to do that. <laughs> and he said, would you have any interest in doing that on stage? I said, yeah, sure, that sounds like a nice time. <laughs> Hannah had basically volunteered me to audition. <laughs> um, but so, you know, it sounded good to me. Um, and he was like, oh, well, we can get something, you know, lined up in the next few weeks. I said, well, I mean, you've got your guitar here. We can just go do it now. Mm-hmm. He said, oh, great, let's do that. <laughs> so, um, you know, just kind of spurred the moment thing, went, played a little bit, sang a little bit for him. Mm-hmm. Seemed to go well enough. Um, so suddenly I was on the worship team <laughs> at a church that I'd been going to like two weeks. Yep. <laughs> and then like a couple weeks after that, probably, if even that, I was part of a small group. <laughs> and so suddenly I did a few weeks where I just practiced with the worship team but wasn't on stage. And then very quickly was on stage. Yeah. And playing. And in a small group and going to game nights <laughs> and lunches and things. And mm-hmm. just a whole world of people all of a sudden yeah. I'm thrown into. And it's a very welcoming world of people. Yeah, we sure are. And I was <laughs> still thinking, oh, well, I'll work here and then maybe I'll go get the job at that other place in that other town. Mm-hmm. And at some point in there, you know, at some point, it's just kind of become, well, I don't think I'm going to hear from that other place. Yeah. And, you know, and even, even though this year at some point they had some new opportunities open up. Yeah. And I was kind of looking to move to a different job and I applied to some stuff around town here and mm-hmm. I so went ahead and I applied for the positions up there and I it, but I was conflicted because at this point I was kind of rooted yeah and so I prayed and I said hey if it is not you know I said God if it's not part of your plan for me to move off and work up there yeah. don't give me that option right because I just fear that if that opportunity is presented to me yeah. and it's left to me, hmm. I'll take it. Yep, that you'll choose it. Just because it sounds like what I want. Yeah. And lo and behold, I haven't heard anything back from it. You know, that's wow. been months and months now. That was this past summer. So <laughs> it's kind of like, okay, <laughs> prayer answered. Sometimes he says no. Wow. But that's a, that is an answer. And that's re- I wasn't praying for the answer I wanted. I was just praying for a definite answer. <laughs> yeah, just an answer. You know, <laughs> which is more assuredness than I have had in years. Yeah. So if I can get a straight answer one way or another, that's something to go on. <laughs> so, you know, just things like that, that things like, oh, you don't get that job you wanted mm. the first time or the second time. And uh, things fell apart for you. So you're moving home and what feels like you know, going backwards. Yeah. All those things that felt like thing, something going wrong. Right. 
were great things to have happen because now, mm-hmm. you know, I like where I am and I like the people around me. Yeah. I am, you know, rediscovering my faith, you know, daily, mm-hmm. um, you know, and surrounded by a supportive community. And mm-hmm. I don't know, it's just little, little things like that that add up to put yeah. you where you're meant to be. I love it. Do you have any, like, current, like, goals or ambitions or anything right now? Yeah, well, I'm to a point now where I do want to study again for the bar. Okay. And it's not necessarily that I want to go move back to Texas and do law. Yeah. It's just something I want to have done and under my belt Mm -hmm. to have passed that and be admitted and, you know, maybe you can just... No, pass it and then go inactive for a while or something. Right. And maybe I'll go back there someday and make use of that. Yeah. But it's not about trying to get out there mm-hmm. or leave here anymore. It's just something that I feel like I have to do. Yeah. And so that's my immediate ambition is just yeah. to... You started something, you want to finish it. Yeah, tackle that. Mm-hmm. And it needs to be completed. Okay. And it... Yeah. So that that's, I guess that's my immediate plan is to try to work on that, um, but not necessarily to do much with it immediately. You know, yeah. we'll see what opportunities may arise in the future because of it. But yeah. I'm now back to a point where I'm like, okay, what is the plan here? Mm-hmm. Not my plan anymore. Yeah. Um, so you know, we'll see where that takes me. Uh, yeah, but that's good. You know, I have no reason to go anywhere else. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, definitely. I I mean, I'm a person that doesn't move except out of necessity. Mm-hmm. So, like, I'll get very comfortable with where I am and mm-hmm. I'll, like, live there. <laughs> like, yeah, we'll see. <laughs> you, have, you have to, like, smoke me out. Yeah. <laughs> or I'll just stay there. Yeah, well, that, that was my struggle, though, too. Mm-hmm. But in being out in Texas, is aside from just the isolation and aloneness, mm-hmm. you know, I don't know how long I've been talking on this story, but <laughs> to me, it seems like a boring story because really what it was was just, hey, I think I might do engineering. I did engineering. <laughs> hey, I think I might try law school. Oh, well, that works. Okay, I'll go to law school. I guess I'll do patent stuff. Oh, I got, I got a concentration in intellectual property. It all, you know, and people talk. I have so many friends who changed their major like three or four times and ended up taking five, six, seven years to get out of undergrad. Yeah. Nothing ever happened like that to me, mm. for me. You know, I was just like, hey, I had a plan. And there's little hiccups along the way, but it's just moments where I had to grow. Um, And it all just kind of went according to plan. It's all very boring, reliable stuff. (laughs) And then it just fell apart big time. But it Mm -hmm. fell apart when I reached the end of the plan. Yep. Yep. (laughs) It was, hey, you know, school was middle school and high school and then college and then law school. And then after that, work, I guess. (laughs) Maybe try to get married and have some kids at some point. <laughs> you know, so suddenly yeah. I was just, I did. Suddenly I hit a point where my plan didn't have any kind of definite timeline. Mm. And I did not know what to do. Yeah. Hmm. I just didn't know. Right. So. Do you ever, do you ever like go back and think now, like if you could start over, do you think you would do the same things? 
or do you think you would choose a different um, career or school or I don't think I would really mm-hmm. um, you know my time after graduating out in Texas wasn't mm-hmm. great <laughs> but the school was yeah and it was a great education while I was there so getting out there you know I don't think it was part of the problem and I still think mm-hmm. based on how strong the sign seemed to be that it was still part of God's plan for me to go right um, you know and I so I don't I don't know where I'm being led even now yeah but I don't I would change I would do things differently within the settings mm-hmm. but I wouldn't change the people or where I was right even though maybe it could have been bigger and better and brighter or whatever but mm-hmm. no no it's just the things you would change if you could go back for me at least it's just I'd go back to that day and I would just try to enjoy where I was more have a better yeah. attitude or mm-hmm. I'd go back to that day with that person and I'd say what I should have said and didn't <laughs> yeah just yeah think it, just trying to make better use of the time that I had when I was there yeah mm-hmm. you know that's that's really what I would do if I could go back gotcha. yeah I didn't I didn't really kind of go into this before but you grew up in a Christian household right yes I yeah. am do you feel like your faith got stronger after leaving home or? I don't know that I, when you grow up from the get go in a Christian household, it's mm-hmm. weird because it's like, are you really in your own faith? <laughs> yeah. Or is this just the culture you grew up in? Right. I, there were points when I think back on it where I definitely had my own faith, mm-hmm. my own strong faith when I was young. You know, but not when I was too young because you don't mm-hmm. really understand it. Yeah. And then it started to wane a little bit, I guess, as I was going through high school, but still had it. And then it just slipped. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I ever really stopped believing in what I believed in, but... It just wasn't a priority anymore. It wasn't anything anymore. It yeah. was, oh, yeah, I'm a Christian. Well, do you go to church? Do you read the Bible mm-hmm. with any sort of regularity? Are you yeah. praying with any sort of regularity? Mm-hmm. No. Hmm. Okay, well then, are you really? Right. I mean, you, is there a point you reach where you technically still believe, but you're not at all engaged in the practice? So hmm. you're not really part of it. Right. Like someone could say, "Oh, I believe eating animals is wrong. That's why I'm, you know, vegetarian or vegan." Mm-hmm. But you eat chicken and beef every day. Well, <laughs> yeah, I'm lapsing right now, but I'm still am. Well, you're not really, are you? Right. You believe it, but you're not. Mm. So. Right. <laughs> I don't know this I'm assuming it's changed since you came to Boundary yeah, yeah. I, I reached a point where I was unsure mm. I, th- I was like I think I still believe intellectually but I didn't feel it anymore mm. and are you someone that relies on feelings I am a highly analytical thinker mm-hmm. but yeah I have to have that gut feeling or that intuition you know it's mm. I don't know if it's kind of like a result of ADD ADHD type stuff <laughs> where it's like oh you know I'll think about it. I'll, I can analyze and think about it but it also has to just be something that I'm interested in mm. you know so yeah. <laughs> like I can find a new subject area of interest and learn a lot about it in a short time yep. and then at some point I just move on because mm. I just lose interest and so yeah, it's, it's weird. I'm a highly analytical thinker, mm. 
but at the root of it still rely on that feeling that yeah. intuition and everything so I got to a point where it's like you know I may believe this intellectually but because I'm not feeling it mm-hmm. I can't be sure that I believe it I just was very I was doubting everything I mean it was doubting my faith it was doubting God it was doubting myself it was just a dark time yeah and even then not as low as things get for some people so I didn't feel like I had a right to complain yeah it was hey I'm struggling I'm miserable mm. but I'm not going hungry or cold yeah so you know mm. but that's a privilege of having a safety net and a supportive family mm-hmm. yeah which is something to be thankful for all the time but um definitely I just I reached a point where Hannah's inviting me to Foundry was very timely because I said mm. okay if I'm moving back and I'm reaching this kind of crisis point, a junction where I've got to now commit to going on some kind of discovery of faith because it's, I gotta ask myself the question of, do I for sure actually believe this or am I pretending to believe it because I'm scared if the answer is no, what I'll be left with. So that's been my journey the last couple of years was just rediscovery of all that. and awesome, you know. Yeah. And what has your conclusion been thus far? <laughs> yeah. No, that's that I do believe. And it's still something I struggle with is trying to find that feeling. Mm. But, you know, but it's it's growing. It's yeah. there. There are moments of it. And that just, mm-hmm. you know, shock of all shocks. It comes from actually practicing, <laughs> you know. Yeah. It comes from, hey, I don't just say I believe this, but I'm actually going to church and I'm in a small group and I'm reading the Bible and I'm praying he was, mm-hmm. you know who, who would have thunk it but <laughs> it turns out that you have to actually put yourself into that world yeah. to be part of that world yeah <laughs> you know makes sense <laughs> it's um, like if you were living you know in the space station for years then you said do I still believe in gravity anymore <laughs> is it really even there we're not going to know until you go somewhere where there's gravity on you mm-hmm. you got to put yourself back into or it or somewhere where there isn't <laughs> well so for me it was it was just putting myself back into it and yeah. you know <laughs> moving back being here it's been what I needed for sure Good. and I think that's why things had to fall apart mm. yeah you know. needed to be grounded again. Yeah. <laughs> I was, things were going according to plan, but somewhere along the way, it was my plan and not God's. And mm. I reached the end of my plan and had grown far enough from him to not know to rely on him. Mm. Yeah. And so then I was relying on myself and I didn't have anything to offer. Yeah. Which is where that self-doubt comes in. Right. Man, you can't dwell on that too long because oh, no. it will hold you there. Uh-huh. Yep. Oof. Definitely. <sighs> yeah, I'm, I'm I'm more of like the like I need encouragement to keep going. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I say that, but then like I'm the most like if you heard me talk to myself, you're like, oh my gosh, <laughs> be nice. I'm like, it gets me moving. <laughs> I wouldn't say it to other people. <laughs> uh, well no, I was never self you know, I was never like mean to myself or anything like that. It was just well, I I use the like not like mean things like, well, like I'll, I'll say like get over it. You know, oh. like, you know, like whatever. Like like I can't focus on it right now. Get over it. You are 
you're sleeping, you're dwelling in, like, it's a waste of time. Yeah, no, see, I and never, so like, I'll tell myself that, and I'm like, you're right, I need to not do this anymore. And then I get up and I never do my did, own thing. I never learned how to do that. I mean, it was, <laughs> it was kind of one of those things, too, where it's like, you know, I talked about years back, having to suddenly being challenged academically. It's like <laughs> having to learn how to do anything with school. Yeah. You know, you, you hear about those kids who even in high school, never really have to work that hard outside of school. So mm-hmm. when they get to college and are challenged, they have to learn how to study. Yeah. That kind of happened to me too. Was mm-hmm. having to, it's, it's on a different level. Yeah. I was like, wait, you are studying for like multiple hours a week? Mm-hmm. This is like, I have to study now for <laughs> multiple hours a week? This is ridiculous. To go from like, you gotta put in like outside time to mm-hmm. suddenly you're in you know calculus three and four and you're like all right well i'm studying nine straight hours tonight wow. not every night but right. you know, before a test uh-huh. but see that's the thing is even when i had struggles in college and in law school mm-hmm. it was like a hey here's crunch time but i am very good at stepping up and accomplishing in a shorter time frame. Yeah, when you have a deadline. If I can step up and do it and knock it out in under two weeks, oh, I'll do it. I'll get it done. <laughs> That's why studying for the bar was so paralyzing to me. It was just, it's full time for like two and a half, three months. Mm-hmm. Oh, this is horrible. Yeah. Anything that, anything that takes that long to do, yeah, it's insane. Get out of here. <laughs> like anything that you can do, surely if you didn't commit yourself to it fully, you can knock out in a couple weeks. Right. You, know? <laughs> you can do anything in a couple weeks. That had been my experience thus far. It was just, hey, I've got this big test, huge test. Mm-hmm. All right, well, I'll study the day before. Yeah. I'll study a lot the day before, and I'll be hyper-efficient. Mm. And I'll do pretty well, grade-wise. Yeah. Rather than... Because I never... I never wanted to be the person that studied a week to get a 97. Mm. I wanted to be the person that studied 12 hours the day before to get the 91. Right. Because <laughs> I was like, you know, I'm I just, I've got other things I can do, you know? Yeah. I want to have fun along the way. Mm-hmm. What is, um, what do you think is currently like your biggest weakness? Something that like you have the most room for improvement right now that you're either working towards or you're wanting to work towards still just that commitment you know mm-hmm. commitment to the bigger things yeah consistency and self-discipline yeah, for real yeah um you know just because i'm you know anything now that i am wanting to do or need to do mm-hmm. requires time a lot of time and a lot of effort yeah and it's just Oh, I don't want to do that. Right. <laughs> oh, it's so much. Oh, no. You know, it's like, wait, I've got to go to work every day for the rest of my life. Ba- basically. Oh, I don't yeah. want to do that. No. It's like, or, hey, you know, consistently doing Bible study every day. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, yeah. oh, I'll jump into it. I'll do that. And then after you're a week or two in and you're like, oh, I'm slipping. Yeah. Oh, I'm missing some days here. Yeah. But it's, it's, and important though it is you know it is. it's it's something that needs doing so yeah my my i'm at a point now where it's just still still working on properly committing to the big important things yeah and having that discipline to go after it yeah because it's not a it's there's no one else telling me to do it anymore mm. 
Exactly. And it's not like a definitive end of, you know, it's not like, a, hey, well, I'll do two years of this and now I'm done. Mm. It's nope. You know, this is rest of your life kind of stuff. Yeah. Well, what do you have as words of wisdom that we'll, we'll end our episode with today? Oh, wisdom. Mm. Mm-hmm. Let's see if I have any of that. Um, well, just based on what we've talked about, I guess, is in my life story, the last five years has been, you know, if you're in those dark moments or if you're in those struggles, don't let yourself get mired down in it. Mm-hmm. But also recognize that if things seem like they're falling apart for you, that could just be on the way to something better. Right. It could be on the way to somewhere you need to go, hmm. people you need to be with, you know. Yeah. Sometimes leaving something is painful where it's sad, yeah. but yeah, you're going to like where you end up. You're going to like who's there with you. You're going to be in a much better spot. Yeah. Yeah. Don't let, don't, uh, don't be, let being defeated keep you from moving forward. And yeah. and don't look down on going backwards a little bit, you know? Because yeah, you know. sometimes that's where you need to be. Yeah. Find your roots, find that family, whatever you got, find mm-hmm. that support. Yeah, support systems are a big one. And yeah. if you, there's something that seems important or scary, you know, don't be afraid to tackle it, I guess, you yeah. know? And that's, and that's something that I'm still working on even now with, you know, stuff I'm trying to do, but. Yeah. Awesome. That and I recommend a musical hobby to anyone. (laughs) I do too. Music, music just makes most things better. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Uh, I agree. Well, thank you so much. This has been really awesome and I appreciate you making the time to do this with me. No problem. (laughs) All right. Well, we'll talk to you guys later. Thanks for listening in. Bye. Bye.